Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Yes, he can't get to Georgia quick <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, so let's kick it over to this great interview with Nick Roush. All right, we're pleased to be joined by one of our favorites, Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. Huge game this weekend, Kentucky going down to Georgia. But before we get to that, Nick, I had to ask you real quick, you got to be feeling confident about this damn bourbon bet this year with Cousin Shane. <laughs> oh man but with all that laughter being laughed uh, i'm still like it's 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 got to be how florida fans feel right now when they face kentucky where it's just like you feel good but they still might come in and kick your teeth in i mean that's kind of the way kentucky's treated florida lately and that's how the tennessee game is where you just you can feel good about it going up to kickoff, but that logo, that team, there's always a bad feeling um, when those two get together. But, um, yeah, Tennessee, it's almost like Joe Milton isn't the, the best person to ever throw a football, right? Like, And I know you've been enjoying you know, that. <laughs> I mean, if he was that good, then he would have been playing over Hinden Hooker. Like, it just, you know, uh, it, it reminded me of whenever Bobby Petrino said that uh, Louisville's going to be even better on offense with Puma pass at quarterback <laughs> after Lamar Jackson left. It's like you can't. I mean, it, it's come on. Like you know, let's let's be smarter here. But um, you know, Tennessee, they'll be all right. I do. I do get the sense, Mike. Uh, I know you're covering all these teams that there is just uh, this year feels more chaotic because there isn't any team just really asserting its dominance. So even though Tennessee fell. Uh, at Florida, which it's it's almost like it reminds me of Kentucky just not being able to win at Starkville. They can't win in Gainesville. You know, they might not knock them too much by the end of the year because, I mean, I know obviously Alabama and Georgia are still on their schedule, but there is a lot of – you, you got to play the games out. Missouri's showing us that right now. I mean, they might end up being a pretty darn good football team um, when it's all said and done. So a lot still to be determined in the race for the top of the SEC East. And Kentucky, man, they could – Shake things up this weekend if they do something crazy down in Athens. Yeah, and before we get to that game real quick, I wanted to ask you about the Florida game because I know you picked Kentucky. Yep. Um, everybody over there at KSR picked Kentucky. Big surprise there. But I also picked Kentucky, but but only by one point. I mean, I thought this was a coin mm-hmm. toss game. They just kicked their ass. Did, did, did you anticipate that big of a, a whooping? You know, I, I really thought that it could get hairy in the second half. I thought it might be one of those things where if you get Florida playing from behind, you make Graham Mertz beat you. That's not the strength of their team. But I thought Kentucky was going to do it by throwing the ball. I didn't expect for Ray Davis to have 190 yards on his first nine carries and Kentucky to be up 23 nothing 10 minutes ago on the half. Like it was, it was an absolute butt whipping up front. And it's one of those things that 
we weren't used to the offensive line play last year. It it took us all aback uh, to see Kentucky's football to just struggle in the in the trenches. And I didn't know. I knew they would be better this year uh, with the addition of Marcus Cox and. You you brought in some other heavy hitters in the portal. Um, you thought they were going to get better, but I didn't know they had that sort of running game performance in them, and I didn't know Ray Davis had it in him either. Um, this was a guy that going into the year, we just saw him as this very kind of cut from the same mold as Benny Snell, where it's like he's going to be in between the tackles, not very explosive, but he's going to get good yards. He's been outstanding. He, he's like a shot out of a cannon when he gets the ball in his hands. His eight plays of 30 yards or more are the tops in the SEC. He is explosive. He's got breakaway speed, um, and he's also doing it out of the pass-catching game as well. So Ray Davis has turned out to be one of the best additions in the transfer portal in the SEC this fall. That was one of those where Cole Kublik kind of warned us. He said, listen, y'all aren't talking up Ray Davis enough, and he was right. I mean, uh, it was clear that as soon as he got in the right system and got to play behind some competent offensive linemen, he could be a big weapon. And uh, going into this Georgia game now, it's one of those where in years past, you just kind of had to – well, Kentucky's strength is running the game, but I don't think they can run against him. Uh, they showed last week that they can they can run against really anybody, um, even against the Georgia rush defense that hasn't been great this fall. So uh, I, I'm not expecting another big 280-yard performance from Ray Davis, but I do think he can create some explosive plays that give the cats a, a puncher shot down there in between the hedges. Now, do you think that same formula, though, can work on the road against Georgia? And again, people get caught up in it's Georgia, number one. They're not number one. They they have not been, and I've been screaming that all season long, and I'm just basing it on what I'm seeing. I'm not saying they're a bad team. They they're they should be top five, top three probably. They're, they are very good. But this is not two-time national champion Georgia. Auburn just ran all over them. The caveat there, of course, they did it more with the, the quarterback run game. Right, That's right. not exactly Kentucky's – I mean, they're not going to ask Devin Leary – with his injury history to do that. So what's your confidence level that Kentucky can do some of those things against Georgia, or will this have to be the game where Devin Leary finally kind of has like a breakout performance if Kentucky's going to win? You know, the part about this Kentucky team that uh, has made my job difficult is that they seemingly find different ways to win every single week. And I, I see that as a sign of a, of a good football team, a well-balanced football team that's going to make Kirby Smart's job difficult uh, in this upcoming game. And I, I love when you see the offensive line coaches on Twitter that love to, to break down stuff inside and kind of explain it, where that, that 75-yard touchdown run that Ray Davis had, it wasn't your traditional zone, it wasn't your traditional duo, it was a little bit of both. Um, and so I think – the way that Liam Cohen is able to scheme up the run game is going to present opportunities. But you're exactly right. Like they can, they can only eat so many no gains and one and two yard gains, hoping for explosives before they're going to have to throw over the top. And I think Devin Leary is due for a breakout game. Uh, I thought it was going to be last week. If you look back at Will Levis's first year under center with Liam Cohen, it wasn't until week six. When he got rocking and rolling, he had his best performance, one of the best performances in his two seasons, lighting up LSU. I think he had uh, a rushing touchdown and three passing touchdowns in the game. Absolutely torched them. They were firing all cylinders. Now, this Georgia team is a lot better than that LSU team. And the part that worries me is there are some injuries at wide receiver. The 
passing game struggles, they're as much on the receivers at this point as the quarterback. Um, Leary, I think, has had to go through those growing pains, figuring out how to excel in a pro-style offense versus a spread. But a lot of it's on the receivers. Barry on Brown, uh, we saw some of the drops last year, and you kind of had to take the good with the bad. But the shocking development has been Dane Key, where um, our guy Clark Brooks at SEC StatCat, uh, 15 of the 19 drops that he's tracked have been with those two. And I think nine have come from Key, who was a physical guy last year as a true freshman, who was sure-handed, and uh, he made those contested catches. He did. He had that 55-yard touchdown against Florida. He single-handedly carried that offense to a win at Missouri, making difficult contested catches. So right now, he's just he's dealing with something between the ears, and he's just got to work his way through that. Going up against this Georgia pass defense, it's not the ideal time to hope that he can work his way through that, that Devin Leary can have his breakthrough. But it's certainly there, especially when I'm confident that Leary's going to have time to throw the football. Um, And that's where you can kind of get the tight ends in the mix. You can hit your checkdowns with Ray Davis. Um, It's really weird, Mike, looking at this Georgia defense that was so good up front for so long. They're 13th in the SEC in sacks. Right, like their their pass defense is good, but it's because they've got great guys in coverage. So, uh, and their linebackers are good at covering too. So you can't really rely on your tight ends to just sort of win mismatches in one on one situations. So, uh, this might be a situation where Leary, even though he's not a runner, um, he can he he can extend plays with his legs, and he can pick up some you know five and six yards to make sure they aren't too far uh, behind the chains. And what's your confidence level that uh, Brad White can scheme something up to where? Let's face it, you're not going to shut down Brock Bowers, but you just can't let him take over the game like he did against Auburn. What, what's your confidence level that the guy that, that many regard, that know what they're talking about, that Brad Weiss, the best defensive coordinator in the SEC, that he can limit, at least make other guys beat you uh, on that Georgia offense? Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that I, I've seen some good defensive football over the years at Kentucky. And I Last week, in general, I've never felt more confident about a Kentucky defense because they're not reliant on one or two guys to do it all from them. Um, They've got 14 sacks, and I think it's from eight different players. They've got nine turnovers, and Maxwell Harrison is the only guy that's got multiple, right, whether they're recovering fumbles or picking off passes. This is a very well-balanced group that Brad White's preaching, like, guys, don't press. The big plays are going to come. And that's that's what's happened um, so far this year. So I'm confident that they will force Carson Beck to be able to beat them through the air. And the thing about Brock Bowers, he is amazing. He's wonderful. He's going to be the best player that Kentucky plays all year. Do you know how many catches Brock Bowers had against Kentucky last year, Mike? Mm-mm. Two for 10 yards. So I know that Georgia didn't have to do a lot of that last year, but if Georgia's going to win, it's it's going to be a low-scoring game where they have to sort of force the issue defensively and give themselves short fields because I, I really am – unless Brock puts on his superhero cape, which he's perfectly capable of doing, um, I mean, they have guys who are big and physical enough that can play in coverage with him. To an extent, I don't know what special things he's got cooked up for him, um, but I, I don't think it's an impossible task to say that Kentucky can bottle up this Georgia offense and, and make them, you know, win a game where they can only score seventeen points. 
Mm-hmm. And and really, Nick, people throw out all these stats, you know, yards total, this, that. Every, the only thing that matters is points and, and yeah. efficiency in scoring offense, scoring defense. And uh, shout out Dave Bar Two CFB Matrix for providing me this info. But do you have any idea, Nick, who's who leads the SEC in scoring offensive efficiency and is number two? in scoring defensive efficiency, and it's not Georgia. Is it Kentucky? It's Kentucky. So there's <laughs> there's one team that has a playoff profile or, or is closest to the playoff profile, and it's the Kentucky Wildcats. So that being said, what, what would su- surprise you more, a Georgia loss or a Kentucky win? I mean, I, I know it's the same damn thing, but what, do you, what, what would be your personal reaction if they go – into Athens and beat Georgia, who is an outstanding team. I get it, but they're not this this Goliath that people are making them out to. They're they're beatable, uh, and I, I realize the game's in Athens, so that makes it much more difficult. Yeah, but yeah. what what would surprise you more? I would I, I would be surprised if Georgia gave its best if they, if they put it together because that's part of you know they haven't had their breakthrough yet just like Kentucky hasn't offensively i'd be surprised if if georgia put it together and kentucky was still able to come up with a win just because it's so hard to i mean zero number 1 teams have lost at home in the college football playoff era it just it just doesn't happen because of that you got the home team on your side man it's it's hard to lose and if this was a game was at kentucky i would I would probably pick a Kentucky win. The only the the way that Kentucky wins this game, though, there there is a blueprint. They followed it last week, and it 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 worked like a charm. They started fast. Kentucky's gone up twenty four nothing, twenty three nothing in both of their SEC games. They've gotten three and outs and forced turnovers in the opening three possessions of those games. Georgia is seventeen and seventeen on the scoreboard in four, first quarters this year. They've been bad. They've started slow, but then they're—I want to say—they're one hundred and fifty-six to twenty-eight, outscoring their <laughs> opponents in the second and third. So we're going to know a lot about which way this game's going just right after the first fifteen minutes. If Kentucky can get stops and then create explosive plays offensively, this is all what really held Kentucky back the last two years in this game is their lack of explosiveness. They had the longest not scoring drive of the year against Georgia last year. They went something 13 plays, 57 yards, and threw an interception uh, right there at the goal line, right? And then two years ago, they ended. They had the ball for almost the entire fourth quarter with 13 plays and then got the backdoor cover with Wondell Robinson. I know a lot of Georgia betters were mad about it. I was very happy about it. Kentucky doesn't have to be methodical to score points in this year's offense. They have big-time playmakers offensively, and that's, that's really, I think, what this game comes down to. It's obviously... Uh, the turnover margin. I mean, the last time Georgia lost a night game, it was because they turned it over four times against Kentucky and Randall Cobb got the job done back in 2009. If Georgia's turning the ball over, Kentucky can win this game. And if Kentucky's creating explosives and and hitting, you know, Brock Bowers cape somewhere, putting a little kryptonite on that football, they, they can win this football game. It's there for the taking. So I'm not putting this out till Thursday, Nick. Have, uh, have you made a prediction for the game? Uh, I'm. I haven't settled in on an official final score, but I do think what's ultimately going to happen is that Kentucky, when the field gets a little bit tight, they haven't been good in the red zone. They're 13th in the SEC in the red zone. Uh, they've left four chances up off the scoreboard this year, and I, I, I think what's going to happen, it's going to feel kind of like the 2017 game where Josh Allen got an early interception, 
Um, they got it down to the 20, and they weren't able to capitalize on touchdowns. And I think Georgia's going to win a 17-13 football game where Kentucky kicks too many field goals, um, and that just doesn't get it done. But the one, the one thing I'm fascinated to see is if they are able to get off this hot start. People forget in 2019 it was a 0-0 ball game at halftime, and then Chris Rodriguez, a Georgia native, dropped the touchdown to go 7-0 up in the third quarter. Georgia hasn't had a lot of pressure, particularly in these home games, in the second half. I mean, it was you blinked your eye, and they, they had the lead over South Carolina in the third quarter. If Kentucky can put some game pressure on them in the fourth quarter, how's Georgia going to respond? So I'm fascinated to see it. Love to see the Cats um, put some pressure on the dogs and shock the world and do the impossible on Saturday night. But ultimately, I just I think Georgia's guns, it's – they're still, they ain't the same old Georgia, but they're still Georgia. All right, last question for you, Nick. Really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're you're trying to get to the game. You told me you got some things behind the scenes, so hopefully you make it down there. Let's assume you do. Over under a dozen grown men bark at you as you walk into that stadium. Oh gosh. See, here's the thing. In in previous years, before you know the early the Joker Phillips era, it would only be like six. They didn't even pay us no mind. <laughs> Oh, it's, it might even get up to two dozen. We're going to get barked at a ton because Georgia fans know that if, if there's a team that's going to give them hell, it's the Kentucky Wildcats. It's a physical football game. They're going to beat each other up in the trenches. And as good as Georgia is on that offensive line, Kentucky front seven, man, ain't nothing, ain't nothing to mess with. Deion Walker, he's coming at you. He's coming at you, dogs. He's going to be barking right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before you go, tell tell the audience, where can they follow all your work? I'm at Roush KSR. Uh, that's where you'll find me on Twitter. On The Kentucky Sports Radio YouTube channel is loaded with content. We'll appreciate you going over there and give us a sub- subscribe. Uh, if you want to know about the Cats, we got you covered here at KSR. All right, it's great stuff. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best out there. You I, know love it. I love it. I'll never forget two years ago him like a heat-seeking missile trying to find you when you bashed will levis you know I, that was my first impression of nick and i was like after that i was like i like this guy you know it's extremely passionate always putting out great content and yep. if you're ever curious what's going on in kentucky man the there I, I think i've never seen an outfit strangle every other media outlet at a location it's like it's ksr nothing right i'm sure there's a few other kentuckys out there but it's like these guys are just so like in depth with their analysis and stuff. It's fantastic follows. Yeah, and they don't take themselves too seriously. Which, no, no, they're fun. They're that's fun. Right up that's my that's, alley. that's what, what I like about it. Because <laughs> some of these, you know, they get a little too uptight. You know, yep. not, not the KSR boys.